0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Little Green Pasture. I'm glad to be here again today, and I hope you're glad to be here, too. I hope everybody is doing good today. I had a good night's sleep. The sun is shining. I'm ready to go. So, before I get going, I just wanted to reach out to everybody and thank everybody who prays for this Little Green Pasture. Your prayers mean everything to this very very precious work i don't take it for granted i know whom i have believed in and i am persuaded that he's able to keep that which i've committed unto him against that day so i just really want to just stop for a minute and just thank everybody who takes the time to pray this is just a little outfit here a little outpost of heaven And so I just humbly want to thank you all so very much. I also want to thank all those who support this ministry in donations and to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys have been so faithful. All of you in every way have been so faithful. And I just really from my heart humbly just wanted to just not just jump into what I wanted to say, but I just really want to say thank you to you guys because I am truly from my heart grateful to you and of course, so thankful to Jesus. So before I get started, um, I want to welcome everybody who's new to this channel, who's newly subscribed. I'm so glad you subscribed. So welcome. I just really wanted to extend a very warm welcome to you because it means so much, not just to me, like in some prideful way, I have zero pride, (laughs) zero. I left that at the door years ago. And uh, I just want to thank you because it it just means so much. And um, if anything, it's because I know that Jesus Christ is nourishing you and certain things that this little broken vessel is pouring out. So, um, well, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to get started. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for another day, another brand new day. You know, Lord, every morning, as I sit and I pray and read your word and I watch your sun rise slowly, well, slowly rise. And your light starts to come into the room. You know, I think about our life here on earth, Lord. About that's how we receive your light all the way till we go to heaven until that noonday. And so, Lord Jesus, I just ask you, To be with me, this imperfect vessel, this blade of grass. And I just ask you, Jesus, to take the words that were sown in my heart today by your Holy Spirit. And that you would help me to put words on them today. And I ask you to help me. I ask you to touch my heart. And to sanctify this, my heart, to sanctify this message. And let it glorify you. And let those words flow. Like the river of God, which is full of water down from heaven through this vessel into the cups of all that are thirsty. Praise the Lord. I commit it now into your hands in Jesus name. Amen. You know. uh, In my last video and maybe even the video before that, I had uh, told you guys that. I've been really asking the Lord to teach me, you know, just to really teach me. And there's so many phases of learning, you know, as I was saying, as a sunrise, you know, the sun doesn't just pop up and I see that the days of man and mankind are like that, you know, and those that, uh, have been born again, that our growth in Christ is like a tree, you know, a tree doesn't grow overnight. And the only thing that grows overnight are things that have no root. Or they're choked out and they never really were, I don't know, I'll leave that alone. (laughs) But it says that the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn that shines uh, brighter and brighter into the perfect day. And so I say that because no matter how old we get, that light's going to keep shining. It's going to keep getting brighter and brighter into the perfect day of eternal life. Praise the Lord. I pray that that light continues and always shines upon you and in you. No matter if you never listen to these videos ever again and you go on in your life, I pray that for you. That the Lord would build, build you up uh, spiritual, uh, that you uh, as a lively stone, being built up into a lively, uh, a spiritual temple. Because you are a lively stone. And you've been made alive in Christ. And so today I was in the word and I came across something that just, I've read so many times and uh, you know, if you just keep going over it and over it and over it, and you're asking the Lord to open up your eyes and to teach you himself, God's going to give you an inspiration. He's going to show things to you and speak to your heart. And I want to share something that he uh, showed me today. And I was in Psalm 31 And I'm going to read only down to from verse one to five, and then I'm going to hop down to verse 15. And so here it goes. Okay. It says in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thy ear to deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me for thou art my rock and my fortress therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me pull me out of the net that I, they have laid privily for me for thou art my strength into thine hand i commit my spirit thou hast redeemed me o lord god of truth and you know i just stopped right there because i knew i could i knew it in my spirit Inside myself, within that, there was something more to see in this word. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. You know, we know that those are the words that Jesus spoke in Luke 23 46 when Jesus cried with a loud voice and he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. You know, I I spent a lot of time allowing that inspiration to flow and I started to really right away receive something from him and you know what I love about the word so much it's alive and yeah you can read theologians and it's good to do that it's good to have an education it's good to see what certain words mean in Hebrew and Greek and I mean our language does not do the this word justice so I think it's important for us to really dig in and see, but sometimes, you know, Jesus can speak just directly to your heart and mind without opening up a theological discourse on a word or anything, though. I did look at a couple of things, but not too much. I felt not to do that because I didn't want to cover over what I was hearing in my spirit. And you know i do believe this is not an eisegesis meaning how i see it what i'm you know um, um expositing on this is not an ex and ex. and i'm not expositing i'm not an expositor um this is not anything about restarting a new doctrine or anything but you know how the lord can take one thing and it speaks into your life that's what i mean and we have this living faith and we have this uh, we're alive in this living love and and living knowledge and living truth and living everything because we're alive and his word is alive and the counts of the Lord will stand forever. His word remains forever. And we have the teacher living within us, the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into all truth. And sometimes he'll show us truth abroad and sometimes he'll show us truth around us. And then sometimes he'll show us truth within and even deeper still truth about ourselves or something that he's trying to show you. Very specifically, and sometimes things you didn't even ask for, but what the teacher wants you to know. So, when I saw into thine hand, I commit my spirit. That first part I saw uh, that from uh, verse one all the way down to four, we're just seeing when you read this, actually, the whole chapter goes that way where David is in some really bad tribulation. He's in some, some heavy trial and heavy trouble from people. And really his life was like that. Probably most of the time. I think David had a terrible life, to be honest with you. Um, and this is his prayer. You know, he, this is a prayer. He's speaking to the Lord and he's telling him, he's like, Lord, first of all, he's saying, and you do, I put my trust and he's saying, let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. So he's, he is, um, in some pretty bad trouble because he's going right to the Lord he's not um, I mean he's just he's getting to the point is what I'm saying so you know when you're in trouble you get to the point when you pray you don't spend a whole lot of time saying a whole lot of stuff you are in trouble you need help you go to him you address him as Lord and you tell him Lord I need you to help me I need you to deliver me and so what I see here by the time he gets to verse 5 is that when a person can say into thine hand, I commit my spirit after he has said these things, that is a break in the prayer. That is a break in the prayer because from first zik, first verse six, all the way until verse eighteen. And then verse twenty two, he pours it out about his enemies however i want to focus on into thine hand i commit my spirit and thou hast redeemed me o lord god of truth you know when i heard that i thought you know i know what that means and i know when jesus said that and you know there are some scholars and expositors who will say when david said that david had no idea that he was prophesying anything um david was at his the end of his rope um a few of the scholars um uh, Benson, uh, Poole, Gill, Matthew Henry. I read all three of those uh, expositors and they all agreed that, uh, and this is what they said, that they teeter back and forth on the fact that that was actually prophetic. I believe it was prophetic because later on Jesus takes David's words and says it right before he says it is finished. So that tells me that David was at a point where he's facing death that he's facing some very very evil enemies he's facing men and people that have put a thrown a net out for him and they he's he just talks about all the things that they have done to him and how they view him and I mean it's just this big spiritual wrestling match you know enemies without you know uh fightings without Fears within, I say tears within also. But into he stops and says, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. And that is him saying, I'm at the end. I I commit my spirit. But I don't believe, I, I believe that maybe he I want to rephrase this. I want to be careful maybe he didn't believe he would die but i believe that he was in such trouble and heaviness and threat that he was saying he changed he looks to him and says i commit my spirit to you because he says because thou hast redeemed me and that tells me that there was that redeemed in this context means deliver In the Hebrew, it means to deliver. And so it doesn't mean that he redeemed him or delivered him once. He was looking back at all the times that God delivered him. And so he's speaking of this in past tense. For thou hast redeemed me. So again, I'm going to put myself in your hands. I'm going to commit. And that word commit is what I want to speak to you today because in this postmodern society we're so quick to run over the words that we need to stop and look at because he says i commit i commit my spirit into thine hands because you redeemed me o lord god of truth and you know some of the most memorable um expressions of saints that were martyred um during church period history um use those same dying words that jesus used in luke 23 46. they actually use those words and a long line of christian worthies beyond them use those words but just to name a few polycarp bernard john huss henry v jerome of prague luther Melanchthon, and these are some of those who have passed away they were comforted and they were upheld by the psalmist's expression of trust in God at the moment of their death. They were going into death. Every one of these people said these words. These were the words of people who were being martyred uh, for their faith in Jesus Christ. And they were facing a horrific death. And and they were comforted. That was their expression to him of trust. They were going to have to go through it just like they saw Jesus did, he would have to go through it. And Jesus saying those words that David said, the songwriter. Think of that, how special that was. Jesus, thou son of David, remembers those words, those last words as he's on the cross. Well, the last words were, it is finished. But right before death, he said, Father, unto thy hands, I commit, I commend my spirit. You know, for David, death most likely was not his thought. It was in life and it was amid his troubles and his dangers and and that he was entrusting his spirit the whole principle of his life into the hands of God. He deposits his most precious treasure in the safe custody of the one who he knew would take care of it. And that great hand is stretched out and that little soul put into it, you know, and that word comes to mind where it says, and no man is able to pluck them from my hand. So the act of the psalmist was an act of strong confidence in God in the midst of dangers and troubles. And the act of the savior was one of the same nature, commending his spirit to God in the solemn hour of death. But I want to talk about that word commit, because what I was seeing here in this word is, you know, we, we make a lot of commitments as a people. You know, we commit to friendships, we commit to marriages, we commit to relationships we commit to businesses we commit I mean the list is endless and we just kind of use that word like no I'll commit to that no I'll commit to that but we need to think about really what that word really what it entails Um, commit expresses the general idea of delivering into another's charge or the special sense of transferring to a superior power or to a special place of custody to give in trust, to delegate authority to, engage in, to join together, place in the keeping of, entrusting, trusting, and even to release and let go of yourself. I mean, that, that says a lot. You, we may wanna rethink about what we are committing ourselves to and to what we would be committing ourselves to. And in the Hebrew Strong's, the word is Galal, which actually means commit in Hebrew means roll, roll down, and run down. Isn't that interesting? To roll, roll down, and to run down. And I was reading more about that. That means when you commit, you're rolling yourself over onto the very thing to that you are giving your complete trust to to support you. And as I thought more and more about that word commit, I was thinking about, uh, there's so many different ways about where we think about committing. And so here we see David in a mortal way and it kind of like, not just, uh, yeah, a mortal way. Cause he's saying, yeah, my enemies are attacking me. You've been my rock and my fortress. And he's like, bottom line, I'm throwing myself at your mercy. Into thy hands I commit my mercy. I commit, I'm sorry, into thy hands I commit my spirit. I mean, haven't you ever been so desperate where all of a sudden all your words just jumble up and you're just saying a bunch of stuff because you're tripping over yourself and you're being attacked? And, or maybe you're getting bad news and things are going really bad. And all of a sudden words are just a bunch of words and a bunch of gravel in your mouth and you feel like everything you're saying, you, you, you want really to get out what's behind it, what's underneath it. And then there you commit yourself into prayer and you roll yourself onto Christ and you're not going to roll yourself onto, uh, other people to you're not going to lean on the arm of flesh. And let me say something, you know, we know that in Jeremiah chapter 17, it says cursed be the man who makes his arm, his trust, right? I think that there is um, a relative trust that we give to people that we should have a trust of people that are near to us. You know, our spouses, our friends, certain people, right? We don't put our trust in everybody. Even Jesus said he didn't put his trust in man because he knew what was in man. But I'm talking about our human trusting, you know, and one day I was thinking to myself in a sense, it's very unfair to take only the trust that belongs to God and put it on another person. And that's when we get disappointed. That is, and you know, I, I, I have to say that happened to me um, so many times where I have put my trust in somebody and I'd be like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But when I became older, I really gave it some older person thought. I thought, Jesus says, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and, and he's gonna prosper and all these things. So there is a limited amount of trust that we're to put in other people. And you know what? It's almost unfair to them if we put what God, a sanctified trust, a sacred trust, a holy trust, and we put it on men and men and women. They can't help us. And as much as others can help you or help me, they're not our God. And so we cannot commit, roll over, roll roll down, let all of ourself roll down. Notice it says roll down. That means you roll down, you, you give up something of yourself and you put it all down on that person. It says it's, it's an expresses the general idea of delivering into another's charge. In other words, you're delivering yourself into another's charge or to a superior transferring yourself to a superior power or to a special place of human custody, to give and trust, to delegate authority, to engage and join together. It says he that is one, he that is in Christ is one in the spirit. And so basically what I'm seeing here is what you commit to, you become one with. And that goes for every relationship and even the things that we grow up in spiritually growing and we have to be careful that we're not committing ourselves to things that we become one with and I want to share something Um, down here a little further he says my times are in thy hand so that tells me that's his mortal life he's like look my times are in your hand you know, haven't you ever been at the point where you're like, it's out of my hands. God, it is literally in your hands. There is nothing I can do. There's literally no one that can help me. There is no human being that can that can help me in this matter. This it will take an act of God. That's when we say, into thy hands I commit. No, he doesn't say hands. He says, into thy hand, I commit my spirit. Because whatever you commit to the Lord Jesus Christ, in that hand, he says nothing. Jesus says, nobody will ever be, no one will be able to deliver you out of my father's hand. And you know, when I think about those hands, the hands that created the heavens and the earth that formed you in your mother's bowels, your, her, her womb. And the one who says, uh, the sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. And he opens up his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living things, every living thing. Um, and it, there's so many scriptures about the hand of the Lord. And I think about Psalm 37, you know, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord and thy thoughts. No, that's Proverbs. Commit thy, I think that's Proverbs 15 uh, I think I have it right here. Uh, um, Proverbs 16, verse three, he says, commit thy works to the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. And I thought when you even commit your works unto the Lord, so you have to see, it's not just relationships, but it's things you're committing that you do because you can commit things that you're doing. And I take this as this. Sometimes God will ask you and it, or something will happen to you that will require you to do something you don't want to do. And you're like, I have to do it. There's no way out. But if you commit that work to the Lord, he'll give you the mind to do it. There will be a, a power in the work that you do. I look at what it says in first Timothy six, 20 through 21. He says, Oh, Timothy, keep that, which is committed to thy trust. Avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so called and so on. But he says, keep that which is committed to thy trust because Paul was establishing him as a pastor of the church that day. And so somebody can commit something to your trust. So now it's being rolled on to you. A charge is being rolled on to you. A responsibility is being rolled on to you. And so you, that's a transfer of some kind of a power that you're being entrusted with, that you're enjoined to, you become one with. Commitment is not just, yeah, I'll commit to that. Maybe we shouldn't even use that word anymore like we just so lately have, or I, I have, I'm like, I, I could commit to that. And I don't really say that often because for in a general sense, I, I do know what it means when you say commit, but I took it a f- even deeper, you know, and, uh, but this is something I saw today and I made a note of this in my Bible. So this is what I, I received by the, by, I believe fully by inspiration And I'm just going to read it just as I wrote it this morning, like I did last time with you guys. I'm really enjoying this, by the way, because I like the free flow of the river of God. This is what I heard him say. And I wrote this by inspiration. If this speaks to you, it speaks to you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I've given you many examples about commitment in every way, and you can also add many things to that. But here's what I heard be careful to whom you commit your spirit to especially your spiritual growth who and what you commit yourself to will become a replacement of jesus christ david came to this personal statement and made it because he knew by experience who he had in the past redeemed him david committed committed his life in the hands of the god of truth paul reiterates it when he says study to show thyself approved unto god not unto men when you commit yourself to men you will then have chosen another master you will have parted ways with the teacher it is a path that has another shepherd you put your eternal and mortal life into the hands of another david's word here is himself establishing a prayer in the middle of tribulation who he belongs to my times mortally are in thy hand be careful when in trial war and tribulation and in spiritual education whose hand you are committing yourself to whose hand you are taking they become what you become you commit to another path that feeds perhaps a small and hidden lust still alive within you it's a seductive path sometimes in the end though Still a believer, you will have forfeited only what Jesus had for you in exchange for a mortal hand. That's what I received. And so that is a heavy thing to put something eternal. Your life that Christ purchased when you commit it into something or someone. That he has no part of. You've exchanged hands. I just want to exhort you today to be careful what you commit yourself to. I mean, it's really speaking to myself. Like I said, I won't speak to you about things that don't speak to me. What's the point? I mean, if it doesn't move me, why should I tell you about it? If I'm not affected by it, then why should I even say anything to you about it? but I, I want to, I want to know myself. And another thing I just want to say about committing is that it's almost like, well, may I say a marriage, you, you become one in a commitment of marriage and be careful what people try to commit you to do and be careful to what work you commit yourself to just think about that word commitment because it really means that you become one and you take on that. I don't want to say image, but when you commit to something like you're teaching in the Lord, then, I mean, I've seen it. I even did it a couple times in my life when I started to learn things I should not have been learning that were a lie, a false doctrine. Yes, of course I came out of it, but you see, I was, I remember back committing myself, like I'm going to read those books and I'm going to learn that. It was, it was a wrong turn and I got myself out of it, but I realized that I had become one with their thinking and one with their processing and one with their understanding. I don't want to become one with something that's not one with Christ and neither do you. Always pray because see, David said, into thy hand, I commit my spirit for thou hast redeemed me. And because you have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. See, David just knew that as repetitive deliverances in his mortal life, but you have been redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb. And then he goes on to say, My times are in thy hands. So David knew, David knew that he had power over nothing. And that his life, his mortal life, and his spirit man that would go on later would be with Christ, whom he had committed his mortal time and his spirit to. And just like Jesus, who took David's words. And said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he went on to sit down at the right hand of the Father. And there will be a day that the words will come to life that says, And you will say them in heaven when you will say, For thou hast shown me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. So make sure you have committed your both spirit, soul, and body into the hand and hands of God. Okay? Think about what you're committing to or what's being committed to you. Be very careful because in doing so, you become one with it. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. See you next time.